it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You want to go to the failed academy or the St. Paul City Council? There being little distinction. Let's go to the, uh, I would say, the failed academy. All right. West Haven, Utah. Oh, we're going out west. When Natalie Richards' sixth grade daughter told her mother she couldn't say no if a boy asked her to dance at the Canesville Elementary School's Valentine's Day dance, mom didn't believe it at first. (laughs) Oh, no, no, honey, Richards said of her reply. You guys are misunderstanding again. That's not what it is. However, after speaking to her daughter's teacher, she realized the statement is accurate. The teacher said she can't. She has to say yes. She has to accept. And I said, excuse me? Richard told uh, Fox 13 television station, wherever that is. Mm. Richard's uh, Richard took her concerns to the school principal. He basically just said they've had this dance set up this way for a long time, and they've never had any concern before, she said. Lane Finley and the Weber School District confirms it's a rule, but he said it's meant to teach students how to be inclusive. Okay. I'm not buying it. Please be respectful. Be polite, Finley said. We want to promote kindness, so we want you to say yes when someone asks you to dance. No, I'm not dancing with you. How about this? Huh? <laughs> one eye. No. <laughs> Who are you calling one eye? <laughs> I do see it from their perspective when it comes to that, but there are many other ways to teach children how to be accepting than with a social dance, Richard said. Uh <clears throat> Richard said forcing students not to say no teaches them the wrong lesson. Sends a bad message to girls that girls have to say yes. Sends a bad message to boys that girls can't say no. I think the mother's got a point. What the hell are you indoctrinating these young girls for into the belief that they must acquiesce? I'm surprised oh, okay. uh, I'm surprised yeah, feminists that's... haven't roared to the scene. Hmm. Prior to the dance, which is voluntary still, I don't care. It's just the failed academy. Let's go to the St. Paul City Council. We got uh, Mr. Tao. Pardon? Mr. Tao? No. What do we got? Something new? Yeah, it's a weird story. The mother of a Golden Gophers cheerleader is asking for an apology from the president of the St. Paul City Council. After a photo captured her daughter's short skirt and underwear from the back. It's a Facebook problem. It began after City Council member Amy Brendamone posted a note to her social media account. God help me, I hope I'm not paying for that. Do you think that the taxpayers in St. Paul have to pick up the tab for these morons of Facebook accounts? Well, it's free, but that just means that Oh, it is free? I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, they don't have to pay for that. <clears throat> what is it? The Facebook uh, problem began after City Council member Amy Brenneman posted a uh, note to her social media account indicating her distaste for the bikini-like clothing cheerleaders wear for the Super Bowl and other football games. Who, this is the, the council president? Yeah, Brenneman. 
She followed Brenneman followed up her post with a picture of herself at a University of Minnesota Gopher hockey game. Frowning into the camera, eyes rolled toward the cheerleader behind her. The young woman's short skirt and undergarments are visible, though her face and other identifying features are not. Several Facebook followers said they agreed with Brenda Moan's sentiments about the objectification of women in sports, but others found the picture invasive and demeaning. A woman identifying herself as the cheerleader's mother later posted, This is my daughter's backside. She is a freshman. Did Brendaman think about how this would make her feel? Boy, I don't know. I don't know if I have a horse in this race. Uh, yeah. We got too many hurt feelings here. My daughter is an A student majoring in mortuary science. Oh. You hear that, Scotty? <laughs> Scotty, we got one. You got a future of the, the You think when she shakes hands with her friends, she checks their pulse? I don't uh I, you know, she's probably not that seasoned yet. <laughs> I mean or gives out uh, hands out toe tags. Nothing says love like a toe tag. <laughs> My daughter is an A student majoring in mortuary science. She has skated for years. She is a hard worker and loves helping the crowd get going to support the hockey team. The top is basically a turtleneck, but cheerleaders need short skirts to be running up and down the staircases and jumping and spinning on the ice. Uh, an upshot of her bottom is not what the public is generally seeing. I think an apology is in order. Hmm. On Thursday, Brenda, Brend, what's her name? Brend Moen. Brend Moen. Brend Moen, uh, Brend Moen uh, said she had removed the picture from her Facebook page. I want to be clear that I'm not judging women or the choices they make, Brend Moen said. I'm challenging a culture that objectifies women for spectacle and profit. Yeah, I don't think she'll ever have to worry about that. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's my question. Go. I think it's a... I, what what is your question? You should have a question too, based on this. What what should have jumped out at you as a leading student at the University of Garage Logic? They're spending too much time on Facebook. Well, that that's a given. Okay. Um, let me think. Give me a clue here, because nothing has because it's a it's a tangled web here. Of she posted the 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 cheerleader, isn't that part of the uniform? Follow me. Okay. Look at me. Yeah. Focus. Yeah. The young woman's short skirt and undergarments are visible, though her face and other identifying features are not. Okay. Then the mom. How did it, mom know that was her kid? Right. The mom is, is forcing the issue when, when this was an, an anonymous face. It, well, that's one way to look at it. Mom could have uh, kept her mouth shut and let Brendaman just be the Facebook chatterbox fool she is. Right. And don't worry about it. Never say a word. Right. And it would have gone and it would have gone away. How would you know that was your kid? I wouldn't. Well, because none of mine are cheerleaders, number one. Well, I'm not being facetious. Right. Uh but isn't uh when a and I can't picture the picture, but when when someone I'd know that under in, underwear anyway. <laughs> when a cheerleader does, you know, the high kick or yeah. the Cartwheels, yeah, they, yeah. But I always thought it was it wasn't they, underwear. They it's, got stuff on, like got, tights or they something. They got a, some shorts with this yeah, skirt. They got a thing. Plus, it's not. That's the last it's thing. It's not like it's an exposed it. swimsuit right, area. What kind of underwears does she have? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, 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 mom, mom. I don't know what to make of mom. Uh, uh, I don't know what to make of. As, as I said, uh, it 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 rapidly occurred to me that I really don't have anybody to root for in this story. <laughs> I'm getting some um, messages from 
people in St. Paul uh-huh. on how to, well, identify. I, we won't. <laughs> no, we're no, not, we're not going to go we're there. We're not going to do that. That would be. But if a. That would be untoward. Right. So, yeah, that one. Get back to work, sir. Whoever you are uh, in St. Paul. Yeah. What do you need? I need Minnesota's own Troy Merritt is atop the leaderboard at Pebble Beach. Oh, nice. Didn't we speak with him at the uh, Venture Bank Golf Show yep. several years ago? Um, I was sent by a confidential source. Yeah. The photo. How you identified that gal? Um, well, no. We're yeah, not he gonna, said something else. We completely. don't want to do that. Um, but it's a cheerleading uniform, and you can see her. It's not her underwear. It's the underside it's the of the skirt. It's, yeah, it's part of the deal. It's not, you yeah. know, come on. You know, I want. I don't watch Pebble Beach for the golf. In all honesty, I watch it because I think that's one of the most beautiful places on earth. Well, it's nice that you're watching it inside the TCL broadcast studio. Well, look at that thing. Look at that. It's another. Maybe there are more beautiful places on earth, but I don't know about them. What does it cost to play? Can I play there? Yes, it's a public golf course, and it's worth it. I don't care if it costs a thousand dollars. It's worth it. I don't well, care it what be, it, costs. it would be. A bucket list. When I played it, I think it was maybe three hundred bucks. Okay. Uh, That's when Moeller beat me with a broken ankle. Right. Can you go there and eat yes. like lunch and not play golf? Honest to God, help me. This well, is not a bit, folks. The no, first thing no, that comes no. to his mind is food. I'm looking at the, the, the beautiful ocean. I'm looking at the... And you're wondering if you can eat lunch? No, no, no. I'm not saying... Yeah, you probably can. Oh, my golf is so poor. Why would I ruin it like that? Because if... you want to walk it and see it. It's just heavenly. I'd rather test their lunch menu. Yeah, you can do that. I, I was exposed to a number of stories today that I love. Among them, uh, the collection of the world's ugliest sports cars. And then I came across this. Inside the eerie abandoned Subaru dealership where brand new cars have lain untouched for 20 years. Uh, it's a Subaru dealership on the island of Malta. And apparently they closed the doors in the late 90s, walked away, and haven't touched it since. So there's new cars in there from the 90s. Hmm. Uh, brand new? Yeah. Uh, I saw pictures of it. It's fantastic. From the 90s, though, it, the wouldn't well, the... Well, they'd now be a tw- 28-year-old car. Yeah, but wouldn't the, the inner... Uh, you know, if they're not cared for, wouldn't that... Well, they're in, a, they're in a... Uh, what looked to be a climate-controlled building. Oh. And, and the owner... Uh, keeps up the building, but apparently hasn't gotten around to doing anything about the cars. So yeah. there they are. People are brand weird, new on the show floor. Let's go. But I can top that. How? How are you I've always that? told That's you. That's a pretty good deal. I've always told you that that my interest in the old cars and the boats is pretty much based on the chase, the hunt. It's the hunt. That uh, I enjoy. Okay, it's the, it's the dis- and I share that. I, I do share that with you yeah. for my flea market stuff. It's yes. the discovery I'm after. Okay, yeah, that's the fun part. Yeah, because then once you get it, okay, now what do you do? 
uh, it's the hunt that I that I love. Okay. Listen what are you up. leading up to? Oh, oh. Hunter. Oh. You a hunter of boats? Ferrari 275 GTB and a Shelby Cobra 427 found in deserted barn, untouched for 27 years, worth an estimated $3 million. No, no. And this is why I hunt, because they're out there. You know, they're out there. You, you're not hunting. Uh, you were hunting boats at one time. You were, you were scouring shorelines and and asking old ladies in, yeah. in Brainerd if yeah. they have an old yeah. wood yeah. boat exactly. just like Golden Pond. Exactly, exactly. But you're not doing that for Ferraris and no I'm, Shelby's. Hell, I wouldn't. I I mean, if my if my sleuthing uncovered one, I'd be thrilled. I'm basically looking for something that I can afford, not a Ferrari. But if I stumbled on one. How were these housed? Well, I'm going to get to that. Mm. A dusty garage hidden beneath an abandoned house has revealed the incredible supercars it has been home to for nearly three decades. Located in North Carolina, the garage sits underneath an abandoned house and only came to light when the local council decided to demolish the property. Mm. Featured on the Barn Fine Hunter YouTube series, classic car expert Ben Cotter was called out to the garage to help find a new home for a few old supercars, only to uncover a gold mine of automotive history. Sitting in the rundown garage infested with mice and crickets, Cotter discovered two of the most exceptional supercars of their time. A 1966 Ferrari 275 GTB II and a 1967 Shelby Cobra 427. I would agree. Good find. According to a friend of the garage's owner, the cars have sat untouched since 1991 after their regular mechanic passed away, and the owner refused to trust anyone else to service them. Both motors are incredibly rare and have low mileage considering their age. The Ferrari, a silver 3.3-liter V12, comes with the original alloy body and is one of just a handful ever built by Ferrari. And, of course, that's said about every single Ferrari. Somebody, it might have to be me, somebody's got to do a funny, satirical story about Ferraris and this, this aura of of rarity that surrounds each one. Each one each is only one of, each one is uh, only one of about twelve built. Well, in the summer, you Everyone. see them all over, right? Bleep them. You, you go to the Italian car show; they're everywhere. The, well, this is one of eight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. But but if you have if the mechanic died and this person that had the '67 Shelby and the Ferrari, why would they not want them? Why would they just abandon them? I wonder, Matt. That's the great mystery that we hunters prey upon. Yeah. Uh, Despite its dust, its blue leather interior looks virtually new, and the car's odometer reads 13,000 miles. Okay. The cars are now sold to be do it. Or, or the cars are now due to be sold at auction. Even more exceptional is the powerful racer-like Cobra, painted a brilliant red and fitted with a 428 police interceptor motor, 390 horsepower. Incredibly rare as a limited product. They were rare as a limited production car. The Cobra has 19,000 miles on the clock. After classic car insurance company Haggerty gave the sporty pair a combined value of almost $3 million, local tow companies allegedly refused to transport such a valuable load, so they had to have assist, uh, get assistance in moving them to a safe location. They'll go on auction with Gooding & Company at the Amelia Island sale on March 9. Both 
cars have been serviced in preparation for the sale, and despite their lack of activity, the cars reportedly started first go with a handful of ancient rat droppings fired out of the exhaust pipes, the only sign of their age. I find that hard to believe. Uh, the gas would have become varnish-like. They, they Maybe they cleaned out the gas tanks, and then they fired up. Hmm. Here's what I predict. Yeah. Uh, neither car, here's what I would do. If yeah. I was taking them to the auction at Amelia Island, yeah. I wouldn't even wash them. I would not I, even wash well, them. Uh, don't take, you get them more? take them there just as you found them. Dust, mice droppings and all. Take them there just like that, and they'll they'll be worth more than if you tried to restore them. It's like if you tried to wash the coins or whatever. Yeah, or... yeah. the whole trend uh, in this game is originality and patina are trumping restoration. There's been a complete sea change in the whole game. 25 years ago, the first thing you do if you got that Cobra was strip it apart and restore it. The first thing the new owner's going to do is probably not touch it. This uh, Shelby Cobra, ladies and gentlemen, comes complete with ripped interior and mice droppings. Well, believe me. Trust me. I'll bet you a buck, because that, that auction will be televised probably. Well, I'm sure. Somebody I'll bet you a dollar. I'll bet you a dollar that those cars are presented unwashed. I'll bet you a dollar seventy-five. Okay, you're on. You're on. For real? Uh, for now. Uh, uh, now we'll take a break. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Singing this song. Singing this song. For everyone. That's a note. You know what you else know, was found in that garage though. I just noticed in the photos? Along with the Cobra and the Ferrari? Yeah. A Triumph TR6, which is exactly what I hunt for. You got a good one, And that though. didn't even get a mention. No. Here's Chris Reber's in the newsroom. Joe, ways. if I may, just for a brief you moment, may. I was out there monitoring the last segment, and uh, I love my guy Rook over here. Sure. So you were. Are you going to go full disclosure on yeah, me? Yeah, I really am. Damn it. No, uh, you were comparing, you know, finding of old historic boats and great cars and being on the hunt for various things. That's and, what I am. And he says and flea market. He said flea market. He likes to go to the flea market. <laughs> yeah. And don't get, get somebody's me wrong. used fork. I grew up yeah, in the flea, flea market. market. The Elko flea market. The I best spent, out there. I spent three. Weekends every summer as a kid with my grandma at the flea market, and then Pebble Beach and lunch. That was uh, that was something else. Really, you don't like Wee Willie here? Him for Lonely Hearts. Uh, this report, by the way, is brought to you by MetaFast Weight Control Centers. The Wild blew a three-goal lead over Arizona, fell in overtime last night, 4-3. to three. The Wild were outshot 40-28, to 28, two of the worst team in the NHL. They are off tonight. They host Chicago tomorrow night at the X. The Wolves look to bounce back after their overtime loss to the Cavs on Wednesday night. They are in Chicago to take on the Bulls. This will mark the return for Jimmy Butler who spent six seasons in Chicago before being traded to the Wolves this last offseason. Tip from the United Center tonight is at 8.30. Yukara, friends of mine, if you want to see the story and the pictures of the discovered Ferrari and uh, uh, Shelby, it's on the Daily Mail. Yeah, if you want to wax poetic about the big find. <laughs> Dust and all, do you want to see some mouse crap? You go right ahead. Back seat, okay. second passenger side. Uh-huh. You'd take the three million, wouldn't you? Not uh, if yes. I had three million. If I had three million dollars, I would not spend it on those two vehicles. 
No, I said you'd take the three million. If you ha- had those and they went to auction and got you three million, are you still going to be strutting around doing your stupid voice? Yeah, no, I would have. I, I wouldn't have left him that long. All right. Oh yeah, my mechanic's dead. Uh, nobody else can touch the car. What the hell? Let's keep him in the barn. What an idiot! Whoever that person was, yeah. they could have had ten million, not three. Okay. The Vikings are hiring Eagles quarterbacks coach John D. Filippo to be the team's offensive coordinator. Filippo, thirty. Is that a good hire? I it will remain to be seen, but he's he's um, don't know anything about him. We don't know much about him, but around the league, he is highly respected, and I like the fact that the Vikings went out. They didn't just promote somebody from within; they actually went out and looked for somebody. Okay. Um, and and he's uh, he's well regarded throughout the league. Oh yeah. Uh but it it is the the rumor now is that uh, Kevin Stefanski who was the quarterback's coach who was thought to become the offensive coordinator he's going to leave and join Pat Shermer in New York to become the Giants offensive coordinator. <sighs> Gopher men's basketball by the way is uh, in Indiana tonight. They've lost 6 in a row nobody cares. All right. Are they ever going to win again? Uh, I predicted For real. 2 weeks ago I said they will not win another Big 10 basketball game. Wow. They are uh, they are not playing well. No. Uh, news notes from today: The flu has further tightened its grip on the U.S. The season I'm not liking this is now. What, as, are we just lucky that us serious us three, for example, I are had we just it. lucky? I had uh, it. I didn't have it. Yeah, I had it. Did I, you have the I shot? Uh, I did have the shot, <laughs> and I still got it. When did you have it? I had it around the holidays when basically nobody was here. <laughs> oh, it was miserable that whole. It's a week. good time to have yeah, it. Yeah, that whole week I was not doing well. <laughs> uh, the season. I is, just think the key for real. The key is. Washing your hands. You just have to keep. You can't stop if if somebody infects you. But the but, more you wash your hands, and like what me, you said, don't touch your eyes, don't rub your eyes. For me, it's impossible with two young kids. I mean, they're germ factories. True. Yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, this season is now as bad as the swine flu epidemic nine years ago. A government report today shows one of every thirteen visits to the doctor last week was for fever cough, and other symptoms of the flu that ties the highest level seen in the U.S. during the swine flu back in 2009, and it surpasses every winter flu season since 2003 when the government changed the way it measures the flu. The season started out early and has been driven by a nasty type of flu that tends to put more people in the hospital and causes more deaths than other than uh, other more common flu bugs. Doctors say this is the worst flu season they have seen in When do we come out? When are we not in the flu season? Uh, I read another report that basically said once it starts to warm up. Right. Basically springtime. When is the flu season done and when do the playoffs start? Sure. (laughs) Like the flu, like the super flu. You are in the super flu in ICU, which is not funny. but No, it's not funny at all. You're in rare form today. Thank you. Uh, peak, by the way, to answer your question, we're in peak flu season right now. Okay. So. I'm surprised we haven't heard Morgan, though, tell us about that hamster got down the toilet. I'm trying to get a hold of him. Yeah. That hamster, what, how'd that speech go? Uh, uh, crawled I, through. Andy Dufresne crawled through. No, the hamster. One half mile of you know what. Yeah. Did we, know the, what the, did we know the name of the hamster? Pebbles. I thought it was Buttons. Oh, Pebbles? Pebbles? Yeah. Okay. Pebbles. The California legislature is widening. Get a hamster. I can get you a hamster by three o'clock. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so, uh, Lebowski. Yeah, you can get a hamster. The they're Calif- not in. They're they're only in captivity. They're they not don't, apparently there are no wild hamsters. It was a roundup. <laughs> no wild ones. Ain't seen no hamsters. A punk of crocodiles. The California legislature is widening sexual misconduct. What is these animals? What is these animals? Mongooses. Mongooses. 
the widening scandal now includes allegations against a Democratic lawmaker known for her fierce advocacy on women's issues, including... She groped somebody, Chris? She sure did, Joe. Huh. Allegedly. Sure, allegedly. Sure. Including an anti-sexual harassment movement that began sweeping the Capitol last fall. Assemblywoman Christina Garcia said Thursday she'll fully cooperate with an investigation into an allegation that she groped a 25-year-old man who worked for another lawmaker back in 2014. Daniel Fierro alleges that she stroked his back, squeezed his buttocks, and attempted to touch his crotch in the dugout after a legislative softball game. Really? Wow. That's like uh, the Triple Crown. Garcia said that she doesn't recall the incident. Fierro didn't... It's a hat trick, isn't it? Right. Fierro didn't report it at the time, but in January told his former boss, Democratic Assemblyman Ian Calderon, who reported it to Assembly leaders... Speaker Anthony Rendon confirmed an investigation is underway. She says, I trust that while the investigation proceeds, Assemblyman, Assembly Member Garcia will respond in a way that, uh, oh, my printer went out, the legislative efforts to create a new uh, Just climate. move on. I'll just yeah, move on. I think we got uh, it. I've been, got uh, story. I've been saving this story for you, Mr. Mayor. And yes, I'm gonna... you were uh, referencing this prior to the show, and you would not let me in on it. I just asked if you had any stories about the failed academy, and when you said yes, I, yeah. I kind of got bummed out. But then yeah. when you told me the story that you were going to do, I yeah. got even more excited. So, <clears throat> Well, I'm, an, I'm anticipatory. Ashley Arnold is pursuing an online sociology degree at Southern New Hampshire University. Mm -hmm. For one of her classes, she was assigned to write a paper comparing a social norm in the U.S. and one in another country. Arnold chose Australia. She wrote the paper and turned it in. Her professor, who has a Ph.D. in philosophy, gave her an F. The reason? Australia is a continent, not a country. It's both. Arnold emailed the professor, supplying references attesting to the fact that Australia is indeed both a continent and a country. The professor sent her a scolding reply. I will gladly re-examine your week two milestone project report, but before I do, I want you to understand that any error in a project can invalidate the entire research project. Uh, Do not correct me either. Research is like dominoes. If you accidentally knock over one piece, the entire set will also... Well, the guy's an idiot. You know, even more than that. He's just a a word we can't say. We can't say on the air. The the school did respond, by the way, if you care, uh, after the professor was was corrected. I wonder what this cost this chick to take this course. I think it was around $1,500, I read. Um, The the grade was eventually changed to a B plus, uh, but Arnold was warned that when uh, she turned her final assignment into, please make sure the date and the facts and the information you provide to your report is about Australia the country, and not Australia, the continent. This might be a stupid question. <laughs> like, I want to say, is France a country? We're in such trouble. I thought Europe was a country. No, honey, Europe, Europe. Is so the uh, the school did issue out a tweet, and this might make you feel a bit better. Yeah. Uh, we deeply regret the interaction between our professor and our student. We have apologized to Ashley, replaced the instructor, and are reimbursing her tuition for well, the course. That's, that turned out to be a ray of hope, though, didn't it? Yes. All right. To our friends in Australia, we know that you are a country there you and go. a continent. The ship is righted. Best of luck in the Olympic Games. Very good. Yeah. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're at 11 above now, heading for a high of about 12, and that's about it. Partly cloudy skies the rest of uh, today through tonight. 
three below for the overnight low. West winds at around five. Wind chills somewhere in that five to ten below range most of the night. Sun or uh, sunny skies for tomorrow with the sunshine. We're going to warm up to about fifteen. Two below tomorrow night. Then twenty-one on Sunday. 21 again on Monday. Some light snow or flurries develop Monday and could linger into Tuesday and Wednesday. It's just going to be some flurries, not any accumulations expected. 25 on Tuesday, 34 on Wednesday with partly cloudy skies. That day is going to be a nice little thaw because by Thursday it cools back down. 16 for the high and then 20 for the high on Friday of next week, a week from today. So no big, um, huge snowstorms expected this week. They got it down in Chicago, though. Chicago had over a foot already, and they're going to get some more overnight tonight and tomorrow. Uh, could pick up several more inches of snow there. For us here, we're on the cold side of this whole system, so it's going to keep us below average all the way through Monday. Uh, but then we pop up, as we've said, to 34. The average high is 27. 34 on Wednesday is the only day in the next seven that we get above average. Again, overnight tonight, down to three below. We're at 11 above. Joe and I have the records for the day. Feb 9. 50 on this date. 50. couple years here. Yep. Uh, 1991. 1991. 2002. 2002. And then 29 below. 29 below. In 1899. In 1899. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Rook? Yes, sir. I'm in trouble. Why this time? And you're in trouble. Why? And Height's in trouble. And Ooh. Reavers is in trouble. And Kenny's in trouble. No. This is from The Guardian in the UK. News is bad for you, and giving up consuming it will make you happier. News is bad for you, and giving up consuming it Giving up the news will make you happier. I happen to believe that. What have I always told you? When you're on vacation and you're isolated away from CNN and You think the world's a wonderful place. It's a great place to be around. If you woke up from having been in a coma... For God knows how long, and mm-hmm. you were in a windowless room, and your only exposure to the world was CNN. You would think the world was a vile, infected, yes. rotten place full of hordes of violent. What do we got? News is bad for your health. It leads to fear and aggression, and hinders your creativity and ability to think deeply. The solution: stop consuming it entirely. Well, uh, uh, we're in trouble. It's impossible. I mean, we have to. Right. This is so basically our job is a some type of risk. We're 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 offering up ourselves for the entertainment of others. News misleads. Yeah. Take the following event. The car drives over a bridge and the bridge collapses. What does the news media focus on? The car, the person in the car, where he came from, where he planned to go, how he experienced the crash. But that is all irrelevant. What's relevant? The structural stability of the bridge. Right. News is irrelevant. Out of the approximately 10,000 news stories you have read in the last 12 months, name one that, because you consumed it, allowed you to make a better decision about a serious matter affecting your life, your career, or your business. The point is, the consumption of news is irrelevant to you, but people find it very difficult to recognize what's relevant. Uh, I don't buy that one. The definition of news that I was always taught by the dear departed Reverend Father Whalen mm-hmm. is uh, that which you must be exposed to in order to make choices about your daily life. That's news. And, mm-hmm. and so I would dispute that over the last 12 months I have, I have not encountered. They're suggesting that over the last 12 months I've encountered 10,000 news stories. Well, it's been more than that for us. 
and that none of them uh, were uh, useful. I, I dispute that. I dispute that. News has no Especially the ones about um, the 92-year-old that would have... Uh, you know, a scotch a day. You, you want to know that. A little shot a day, yeah. a little uh, knipper. News has no explanatory power. News items are bubbles popping on the surface of a deeper world. Will accumulating facts help you understand the world? Sadly, no. The relationship is inverted. The important stories are non-stories, slow, powerful movements that develop below journalist radar, but of transforming effect. News is toxic to your body. It constantly triggers triggers the limbic system. Panicky stories spur the release of cascades of glutocorticoid. Mm. This deregulates your immune system and inhibits the release of growth hormones. In other words, your body finds itself in a state of chronic stress. All right. Wow. News increases cognitive <clears throat> errors. You better remind me we have a scramble. Uh, we do. News feeds the mother of all cognitive errors, confirmation bias. In other words, in the words of Warren Buffett, what the human being is best at is doing interpreting is what the human being is best at doing is interpreting all the new information so that their prior conclusions remain intact. News right. inhibits thinking. News works like a drug. News wastes time. If you read the newspaper for 15 minutes each morning, then check the news for 15 minutes during lunch and 15 minutes before you go to bed, then add five minutes here and there when you're at work, then count distraction and refocusing time, you will lose at least half a day every week. Well, but I have to for a living. Yeah, you're... Uh, news makes us passive. Accelerated pace. News makes us passive. News stories are overwhelmingly about things you cannot influence. All right. News kills creativity. Uh, I would dispute that. Much, it does not. Much creativity uh, stems from us being exposed to the news. That's uh, pretty bold of a newspaper to essentially tell its readers, quit buying us. <laughs> and then right. giving them some pretty good reasons to avoid the news altogether. Scramble Friday already? Is it really? It is. Let's go. The Sands is proud to present a wonderful new show, A Man and His Music. The music of Count Basie and his great band. Ah. <laughs> Hello? And the man is Joe Suchere. Huh? Yeah. It's going somewhere. Better be. You know it is. How did all these people get in my room? <laughs> that wasn't very good. Yep, sure. Come fly with me, we'll fly, we'll fly away. Let's go do a if podcast. Can we can do that. We that, would be, that would be in addition to this show being available all the time on Podcast One. Yes, Garage Logic is available on Podcast One as well as Inside Garage Logic, the backstory where you get a little. You know, we only have two hours. Yeah. So it's like a bonus. So you might take a topic that is uh, near and dear to your heart, and you want to expound on it a little bit. I more. do today. I have oh, you one. do. I have a topic. Okay. Near and dear to my heart that we need to expound on for the uh, 
the Inside Garage Logic Podcast. Coming soon to Podcast One is the Rookie Family Podcast. That is currently coming. heard on Apple, iTunes, and SoundCloud under the Family Podcast. We've got about eleven episodes in there. I'm more concerned about the GL Podcast. I know you are, but I'm just uh, you know it's uh, if you want to know more about the rookie, <laughs> and I don't know why you would. But uh, it's fun. Six of us sit around and well, we just chat about life. You you might find your niche on podcast one with that. I certainly hope so. I yeah. lo- I really love doing it mm-hmm. away from work and sitting around at home. It's 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 fun because I have such a wide range of uh, of kids. Is it who's doing the dishes or no? It's we Mom sit around meatballs. We or? sit around our dining room table. Yeah, that my wife and I made. At and a we flea, sit and did talk you get it at a flea market. Uh, no, we didn't, but it's made on sawhorses. Really? Yeah, it's about eight feet. Seats. What's on top of an old door? No, we have, uh, <laughs> we have, uh, planks of wood. Okay. Yeah. Boards, as Patrick I'll get say. you a picture of it. Boards. Boards is what we yeah. have. Patrick only refers to wood as boards. That's boards. the only thing he knows. Is, Where'd you get that board? And he is live at Fort Myers. Is He'll he? be coming up with... Uh, oh, that's he's going to rejoin the boys at 3 o'clock on Fridays? Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, football's done. That's so there's right. no more football Friday fun You fest. are correct, sir. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 